Lord, we come before you thankful, grateful, and humbled by the mercies that you give us each day. I just ask, Lord, for strength, wisdom, and understanding to preach your word truthfully, to handle it with reverence, and in a way that promotes understanding and a desire for you, Lord. Let your word speak truly and clearly. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we've talked about God's nature the last time, being that he is a revealer, that he reveals hidden things. And so I asked the Lord and was seeking him and saying, what do you want me to do? And so I was sitting and I heard the word rest. And so I followed that and was asking him, is this what I'm supposed to do? That, you know, talk about rest and I did. I followed the rest. I started, I started studying rest, and I realized that this wasn't going to lead me to something else, that, but it was actually to talk about him and rest. And so one of these verses that jumped out as I started researching this was Exodus 33, 14. And he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. So I was sitting there resting in peace, soaking in his presence, soaking to, to worship music. And the, the word rest came to me, and I said, okay, what is that? And then I see this, and that it's in God's nature to give rest. So I said, oh, so this, is, this is something new. This is something about you that I need to understand. And the more I dug, the more I researched into this and his character, the more excited I got. Just how interesting it, it was to study what God-given rest is. And so we're, we're just going to kind of look at, you know, what, is, what does the rest look like? You know, how do we enter said rest? How do we operate in God's rest? Because these are important things to know, both as understanding who God is and understanding what it looks like in our life and how we maintain this. So if you turn to Joshua 21, verse 44 and 45, it says, The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers, and not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. Jeremiah 31.2 Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. Israel 
when I went to give him rest. So we understand that what this rest from this God-given rest looks like is that it's all-encompassing, all-surrounding. That there are enemies may stand against you, but they're not going to succeed. You will be delivered from, in, in a God-given rest. You will be delivered from all enemies. You're going to Jeremiah, and it's, you're going to find rest in a wilderness. First Kings 5.4 But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. So do we understand that the rest of God isn't just one facet. It is all-encompassing, all-surrounding, all-protective. And it's just, it's important because it's, you know, in a world that is war-torn, you know, we're, we're marching towards the end times ever closer, and it's, you hear wars, you hear rumors of wars, you know, brother, these backbitings, these fightings, and you feel stressed, you know, with work, you feel stressed with daily this, that, and the others. And you just, you, you lay your head down at night and all you do is your mind just continues to wander and continues to swirl. And you feel, you wake up feel, the next day feeling more tired than when you went to bed. But there is this such a thing as a God-given rest. And this, guys, is His nature and we're going to see the, in these next two verses why. So Genesis 2, verses 2 and 3. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. God doesn't need rest, yet he demonstrates to us the importance of rest. And it should draw our attention that God rests. Not in the way that we rest and be lazy, where God, in this passage, in this chapter and book, where does he take his rest? After he has labored. So he has labored for six days to set the tone. And he rested. But these are God labors. Not menial labors, God labors. 
the creation, the, the forming of everything. These are God labors. And so if we go to 1 Chronicles 22... First Chronicles 22, 9 and 10. And this is, the, this is, before I read this, this is the first and only place that I have ever heard this spoken about somebody in the Word. And it says in verse 9, Behold, a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest. And I will give him rest from all his enemies all around his name shall be Solomon, for I will give peace and quietness to Israel in his days. A man of rest. So God gave Israel a man of rest to lead the country. So what does that look like? Well, look at what Solomon accomplished. So on earth, Solomon had peace on all sides. No enemies attacked him. He fought no wars. He increased his wealth. He increased in wisdom. The glory of the kingdom of Israel was seen in this God-given rest. I mean, wealth, you know, power, might. You know, this is the time when Solomon builds the temple. This is beauty. All these things are culminating in a God-given rest. You know, you would think they would say Jesus was a man of rest. Jesus wasn't. Jesus was a man well acquainted with sorrows. And if you look... So just like God rested on the seventh day, if you look at Solomon, what happened before Solomon? He had a father, King David. All David did was fight and war and fight and war, murder, kill, fight and war. He labored for the Lord. He sought the Lord before battles to solidify the kingdom of Israel. He had labors placed before him by God. And as a result, there is a period of God-given rest. But so for as a Christian, as someone who is receiving God's given rest, you have the ability to be, to look back on the labors that you've accomplished. You have the ability to sit and be prosperous in God's rest. You will have no enemies that can beat you and be victorious over you. But that's not, but 
the God-given rest is only available to those who are children of God. You know, if we look at Isaiah 48, 22, There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. No rest for the wicked. Luke eleven twenty four. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest. And finding none, he says, I will return to my house from which I came. So understand this. No rest is received unless it is given by God. The wicked don't receive rest in the sense of what God gives. So man doesn't receive it. Demons and Satan don't receive rest. There is no rest for the wicked. That's the promise. We may perceive that they have rest or victory over us. But if you are truly residing in the rest that God has given us, you'll see that that's not the case. But so... We ask and we, and we say, sounds pretty good, right? I, wanna, I don't want to be surrounded by enemies. I don't want all this strife and this struggle with worldly woes. How do I enter this God-given rest? Because it sounds pretty nice. And so we look at this and we say, look at Isaiah 30, 15. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. So you have to return to Him. You can't continue in your wicked ways and expect to receive the blessings of a rest given by God. Repent of your sins, do them no more, and enter into the rest. Leviticus It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest, and you shall afflict your souls on, on the ninth day of the month at evening. From evening to evening you shall celebrate your Sabbath. This is a time where you take great care and humble and search your soul. That would, that's what it means. When it says afflict your soul, it means humble yourself and take a hard look 
at what you've done. So just like God looked back at the six days and the things that he created and saw they were good, you are supposed to take the rest that he has given us and look back and see what if you have done good. Because then there's time for atonement, there's time for repentance. So you have to repent and return to him. You need to humble yourself, search your soul. Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. You want to enter the rest? Ask for the path. Receive the guidance to the path. It's an old path. It's not a new one. He doesn't create, he didn't create it. It's the same path for everyone. But are we asking for it? Are we searching for it? And then are we standing in it and walking there? Because we will find rest from the tumult of this life. Psalm 94, 12 and 14. Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit is dug for the wicked for the Lord will not cast off his people nor will he forsake his inheritance blessed is the man whom you instruct O Lord and teach out of your law that you may give him rest from the days of adversity So if you're not seeking the Lord and walking in the way and waiting for him to instruct you, there's no way you're getting it. So do you walk in the way? You know, how many times do we sit and say, Lord, show me what you want me to read. Tell me what you want me to pray. What do you want me to sing? How many times do we really do that? Because he's going to tell you. It says so. He will teach you out of his law what he wants us to do. And I can tell you from personal experience, I'm guilty of just foolishly running headlong down that path. Not waiting for him to say, wait, this is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do at this step. Not asking, not waiting to make sure that this is, this is farther down the path than I need to go. 
in Psalm 127. Verses 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. So do you understand that without the Lord, you will not enter that rest? So there's nothing you can do being good. I'm, I'm a good man, Lord. I tithe to the church. I feed the poor. I this, I that. I host football games at my house. I hold youth group. I hold church in my basement. There is nothing that I can do that gets me that key. It is only the Lord who allows access into that rest. And I'm telling you, the Lord is willing. But we have to walk in His path. We have to return to Him fully repentant, humbling ourselves and understanding that no amount of money we earn here is going to gain us rest in the days, years to come. You know, you may struggle to pay bills and think, oh, if I only had more money, I'd have less struggles and I'd have rest. No, more money just brings more problems. And it doesn't, doesn't bring about the rest that satisfies your soul, that saves your soul. So we're laboring. And we're laboring and we're laboring in these God-given tasks, you know, receiving these struggles, looking forward to the rest and the peace and no adversaries against us. And then once you obtain that peace, that rest, everything else goes out the window. You know, you may see fires raging and you may hear people railing against you, but there is nothing that can shake that rest and that peace once God has given it to you. And the moment we turn our eyes from the Lord and walk in our separate ways, I believe we lose that rest, that peace.
because I've experienced it. I have walked in peace, and the moment I sin and fall short, my soul does not have rest. It's in turmoil. And all of a sudden, it feels like days, weeks afterwards, I'm just getting pummeled. But in, in God's rest, those pummelings don't even register as a blip on my screen. Nothing shakes me. So how do we, once we get it, how do we hold on to it? And what does it do when we're in it? And if you go to Matthew 10, 13. And this is Jesus saying, if the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. So, receiving the peace and rest from God, you carry it with you. You carry it with you. And you can leave it, and you can give it to others. You know, you can go to somebody's house and still maintain peace because you carry God's rest with you. You can have fights with your family. You can have issues with friends. You can still go over there and carry the peace of God with you and let nothing shake you there. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So the added benefit is that you don't suffer the assaults on your heart and your mind. You carry the peace and the rest of God with you. It protects your heart. It protects your mind. You cannot suffer the barbs of the enemy. You are protected. Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the sample of disobedience. The same example of disobedience. You have to strive for this rest. You have to strive to maintain this rest. Otherwise, the, you're going to fall into disobedience. This is a constant thing that we need to constantly work on and maintain. 
It's not something that just, oh, once you enter into the rest, you can stay there by doing nothing. You know, that seems to be the, the Christian attitude of, oh, I got Jesus, I don't have to do anything else. It's a path. He gives us a walk. You have to walk down the path. You don't just stay on the path and hang out there. You're meant to walk down this path. So you have to strive to maintain the peace and the rest. Proverbs 19.23 The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. So walk in fear. Walk in fear of the Lord. So many times it just it tells you, especially right here, the fear of the Lord leads to life. And then Revelation 14, 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. So whatever you labor for with God, understand that at the end there is a beautiful rest and those, there are crowns, there is glory that will follow you for those God-given labors. Everything We talked about in Ecclesiastes, right? Everything is vain. Every work and slaving on this earth for man's desires is vain. All vanity. Yet here we're, we're seeing that God says, whatever labors you are working for me, follow you. You know, so we as humans build up wealth and the joke is, oh, you can't take it with you. That's the truth. Anything you build up in wealth in human eyes, you cannot take with you. But anything you build up in God's labors, it says it follows you. And we should all strive for at the end to hear that well done, good and faithful servant. How many of us strive and get so close to that rest because there, it is possible to have God's rest here, present on the earth. How many of us get so close to that striving and get so close that we can touch that rest, but there's a fear that enters us and we stop ourselves short? I've done it.
but we need to push beyond that. There are wars to be fought. There are labors to be done. And as long as God is directing these things, you have the opportunity for them to follow you. You know, I don't know about you, but when I stand before the Lord, I'd like to hear out of his mouth, not just Tyler, you screwed up here, you screwed up here, you screwed up here, you screwed up here. I'd like to hear him say, Tyler, you did this really well. Tyler, you did that really well. Thank you. So we have to understand that like everybody, there is a struggle and a striving before we receive that peace and rest. It is possible to be a man of rest. You know, God is a, man, is, is a God of His Word. And Solomon received all the riches that God could pour out on this earth. He lacked for nothing wanted for nothing because he received the rest that God promised. I'm not saying that enter his rest and you'll be filthy, stinking rich and the smartest man or woman in the world. What I am promising you is that the adversaries that surround you, the issues that surround you will disappear. They won't have the stronghold over you that they once did. They won't strike fear. They won't strike anxiety into your heart and mind. They won't cripple you. Because entering into God's rest protects you and doesn't leave you. That was one of the more exciting things is that I can carry his peace with me and I can leave his peace and his rest on a household. You know, we are physical embodiments of the temple. You know, our body is a temple and we carry the spirit with us. We can rest there and let the peace of God be made evident. You know, if you enter and you, you meet someone who's carrying the presence and has received that peace, being in that presence of somebody, you're like, something feels different. Something is different. I don't, I just feel like I'm comfortable in that person's presence. And it's because they carry the rest of God with them. So why wouldn't we want to strive to do that? You know, we are supposed to be emissaries to those who haven't accepted Christ yet. Wouldn't you like to carry the peace with you and have them go, what is up with you? I just like you. There's just something about you. 
and then be able to transform them by leaving the peace and rest of God on them? Because the opposite is there is no rest for the wicked. For, for, for those who don't follow God's commandments, who don't seek the Lord, who don't strive and walk in his ways, there is no peace. Either here on this earth or in eternity. So Lord, we just seek you and your rest and your peace and we thank that you give freely, that you don't hold back, and that this rest you are eager to give to us. And so I ask, Lord, in repentance, that you cleanse me of all unrighteousness by the blood of Jesus, and just soak us in your peace, soak us in your rest. that fear, anxiety, that sin, and those old adversaries have no place in my heart and mind, and that my soul receives strength and rest from you, and that I am saved by you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. And I humble myself at your feet and glorify you as the giver of rest. And it's in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.